Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and I'm so grateful to share this guest with you today because she's just such a powerhouse woman. She used to be a model. She has used her platform to help so many young girls and women to have the education that they deserve. And she's also worked with so many big names across the world. And I think it's just so important to hear what Dale's saying today because every young girl and woman deserves the right to an education. Because when we educate one girl, we educate a community. Dale Hayden is the founder and CEO of Women One and is helping to raise awareness about the barriers to education around the world. She previously had a successful career in the beauty and fashion industry, modeling for L'Oreal, Revlon, and so many more. Hi Dale, I'm so grateful to have you in show and thank you for joining us today. I'm thrilled to be on, Gertz. Thank you so much for having me and thinking of me and um, all the listeners that are out there. Um, I welcome them as well and hope that we'll have a really exciting exchange today. Oh, bless you. I'm just so excited to just chat with you because just hearing about your story and the amazing things you're doing in the world, it's just so beautiful to hear and see. Oh, thank you for saying that. You know, I think there are a lot of unsung heroines out there and uh, a lot of people are doing things, doing wonderful things uh, in the world, in their community, in their home that the world doesn't hear about. So um, when we talk about what I'm doing, you know, I'm grateful that I have a platform to speak about it. But at the same time, I want to include those people who are listening or out there who are doing things and not maybe getting the accolades. Bravo to you mm. <laughs> and keep going. That's so true, because when we all work together, that's when the magic happens. Yes, and, and sometimes it's a, your role to be out there at, uh, in the lead and to have your, your things that you are doing um, to uplift and, and to do the, the positive results in the world highlighted, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes things, for me too, it's not highlighted. I can work uh, like the Dickens and not get um, highlighted. But I think mm -hmm. we have to tell ourselves the most important thing that something is done, whether it's anonymous or, or highlighted, um, yeah. that we work together and that we do um, the high, you know, aim for the highest good for all. Mm, I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Can you tell us what your life was like before you created Women One? Well, I think... I have had a, a, a life that interests me. <laughs> I'm interested. In, <laughs> I think I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've had. I worked very hard. I, I knew very young um, that I wanted to do things in the world. It, it didn't look obvious because I didn't have connections and things like that to step out into the world. So I do feel that through the different experiences I've had that we come in partnership when we attempt to do things to step out of the world with a higher power, with, with, with um, a 
a partnership with, you know, I guess I, all I could say is a higher power. Some people might say God, some people might say whatever way you think about it so that um, you do your best and that higher power works with you mm-hmm. for that completion. And um, so, uh, you, you know, I think that whatever you wish for or want for that you keep going and doing it because magic does happen in the world. And, uh, you know, there's a great saying, um, self-effort and grace are two wings of the bird. And I think we can't just do it with self-effort. We can't just wait for something to happen. We have to work in partnership um, to accomplish what we, we want to do. And I was lucky enough to have some amazing experiences in the world and, and still do. And I'm, I'm eternally great for, grateful for all of them, the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. So you were in the modeling industry, right? That- I, I was, yes, I was in modeling <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I call myself a, a, a dinosaur in, in this business. <laughs> I've been around so long. And when so many people told me that I'd be over, you know, over the hill, finished doing it. And I, you know, I, I find other ways to reinterpret my, myself um, that have validity um, because I feel it's important to highlight, um, you know, beauty and grace mm-hmm. and, uh, for, for at all ages and stages of life, that it, it's just not the ownership of of one age. That one once one, you know, is connected to beauty in one's life, one should be beautiful. Um, and we're defining it differently as we age, but all one's life, and that's what you're looking for. And that's when I was told by the industry, "You're so finished and over the hill, and you won't work again." I was. Wow. 30, 38 years old. And I went, Oh, you are so wrong. <laughs> so because I'm only at the beginning, I don't even know who I am yet, you know? So, um, that was the beginning of really saying I had to work with women to help define what is this thing they, they are calling beauty and what, how can we together define it? That's much more 360 and much more encompassing and, um, includes actions as well as physical traits, um, your heart and how you feel inside and how you treat people and are you generous? All of those have to be clu- included in the definition of beauty and being beautiful. Mm, that's so true. It's what's inside as well, like that. Your like you said, your heart, and that reflects on the outside of who you are. Yes, I don't think you can be a, a truly beautiful person or perceived as a beautiful person if you don't like yourself like who you are and like how you treat people Um, because it eventually over time um, works itself into what you look like physically Um, so if you're mean and angry and jealous and envious it is going to show on your face and you are no matter how what kind of great DNA you were born with, <laughs> it's, it's not going to hold, you know, and vice versa, you know, you can, you know, we all have a, had that experience where you walk away from somebody and you go, oh my God, that person was so beautiful. And it's really an experience you have with them more than you're saying, oh, they have, you know, a little button nose or some blue eyes, things like that, right? It's just, yeah. you just feel how beautiful they are. Even their voice. If you listen on the phone, I was, I was with my daughter yesterday and we were, talking to two people 
in a, in a crisis situation on the phone and we both looked at each other and said, oh my God, that person is beautiful. So, so you can even hear it in somebody's voice if they're be- a beautiful being. Yeah, that's so true. I'm, I'm grateful for you saying that because it's interesting, like even with my journey. So like before I was in the journalism world and I was very serious and very like healthy female, (laughs) you could see that on my face, like, just like you said. And then it was about 2012 when I kind of like went on this journey of just like healing and really discovering who I was and peeling the layers. And in that process, funny enough, I entered a beauty pageant as a joke. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those things. Um, I entered the Miss India UK competition, got into the finals and then quit because I was just doing it for a joke. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. But at the time, that gave me so much confidence that I needed that I didn't know that I needed in that moment. It it was like almost being on that catwalk was like me saying goodbye to my old life and saying yes to who I am. Yes. Yes. And I understand. Was, yeah. And it was just, I don't know. It was, just, it was, it really helped to shift my perception of who I was because I always thought like growing up, you know, you become who you are and then that's it. But really we're always evolving. And I didn't know that at that time. And that was that journey where I was evolving, but I didn't know where I was going. I just knew it was a new destination and going on that catwalk was just like, it's a fresh start it's time to be you almost. And I haven't done it again, but that was like a moment in my life where it was just like a turning point for me. That, that's a beautiful experience. I, I know for me in the um, modeling industry and the beauty industry, I mean, some people have pre, um, preconceptions about what is a model, who is a model, you know. Uh, I was told by, it took me a very, very long time to be successful. And in that time, to be successful, it gave me time to grow and see that these people don't know. Mm-hmm. They follow, you know, they follow what another person hires and then this person hires. So you, one has to be persistent. They, they are not the arbiter of what is beautiful or what is, you know, what is beauty. They just follow what, what other people are saying. Yeah. So, um, so I don't, I don't think we can fall for that. I think that we have to form our own opinion and that we have to work together to really say, let's not talk about this superficially. Let's go deeper mm-hmm. and decide together. Wh- where do we want to find beauty? You know, you, you, I always say that a, a physically beautiful person has a two minute grace period uh, where you can look at them and uh, admire them. But if they don't have anything to deliver after two minutes, you're so, you know, disappointed because there's so much promise and, and very little delivery. So a, a person that has physical traits that are beautiful really has to work harder and go deeper. And I think that, you know, as a model, I worked very hard on communicating um, from the inside through the, you know, through myself to the lens. And a lot of women have written me and said, I think you, you, you could understand how I feel, I think. And so that is a translation, I think, of beauty as well. Because most of my success I got out of um, con- uh, beauty contracts. And that's very close and very intimate and very accessible. So you really have contact from the, from the page to the, to the person, you know? Yeah. So... You were in the industry, you were at the height of your career. So what happened next? Um, 
the like I said, the industry uh, told me you're finished. You're over the hill. Um, I had lost. I'd had an incident in my life where I'd lost my husband unexpectedly, and oh, wow. so I tried to go back into the industry. And they said, "Oh, are you crazy? You 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 will never work again." What? At that time, yeah, at that time, the images of 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 you know the creams that they were selling for a forty year old and up were being shown on a 20 year old who didn't need them. So I, I really thought I could change the perception of the beauty industry from the inside out. And I went to the library, did a lot of research and came back um, really, you know, pulling that information together, um, speaking to people. And some of the, the companies noticed it was in the early 90s when, you know, that wasn't really highlighted a woman over 40. So through different companies, like Clairol and companies like that, I started gaining traction. And because I was steeped in the knowledge of it and passionate about it, um, they listened. And uh, Estee Lauder took me on board after everyone said you were finishing over the hill. So I had a contract with Estee Lauder. And then right after that, from one day to the next, a contract with L'Oreal. And that went for 15 years. So wow. it gave me a great opportunity. I wrote two books, both, both were bestsellers. Gave me a great opportunity to travel around this country, Europe, um, Britain, Finland, Sweden, China, you know, all of these countries talking to women about, you know, let's really speak about who we are and where we want to go and what we consider is beautiful. And here's some tips, but then let's go deeper, that kind of thing. So that's what mm -hmm. happened. And then... I just said, you know, I really want to work with women in more extreme situations. And that started me with becoming a UNICEF ambassador. I traveled a lot with them um, in many, many countries until I felt like I was somewhat of an expert because you never are completely. But on the ground, you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty and, you know, about eight yeah. in Angola, in Rwanda, in Darfur, yeah. in Sudan, in a lot of different countries. Um, and really seeing some horrific things. Mm -hmm. And then I started my own organization, which is called Women One. And we focus, um, there are many, many important aspects, you know, to, you know, food, clean water, vaccines, things like that are important to focus on. But I felt education, if you educate secondary girls, because that's the turning point, that's where you lose 12 years old is where you might lose a girl yeah. to be either married off, sold, or brought back into the family. So I felt, you know, and it's been, it's been uh, researched and um, validated continually that when you, for every year you can keep a girl in school after 12, so much positive, so many positive things happen. You know, acts of aggression go down, occurrence of HIV AIDS goes down, um, the community rises up. There's just so many things that happen. So, so that's what we're focused on: quality education for for secondary, you know, secondary education for girls in the most extreme areas. And we were in eight countries, but drilling down in Kenya in a little place called Nanyuki. So we're mm -hmm. working closely, and it's a little bit different now with the COVID because it hasn't fully hit them yet, and they have many other kinds of problems than we do. In a, in a third world country, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's just, wow. That's so inspirational. And I totally understand what you're saying because my heritage is from India. So my parents are Indian. I'm Indian. Um, 
and like I've got family who are in India and like every time like I would visit and you'd go to like villages or, or like like you call them shanty towns you see a lot of young girls like being more older than they really are or having kids at a young age and it, it is so true that education is key when you educate one girl you educate the whole community that's right that's right and there are about um 65 million girls out of school i mean there's wow. like 180 the, the numbers are slightly different depending on who you speak to but it's between 160 and 180 children um out of school uh around the world and um the large part of them are girls because they're more dispensable. Uh, the family considers them more dispensable. If they yeah. have money, they're going to give it to a boy child, not a girl child. So we fight to keep them in because if you think about it, they're going to be the first teachers as mothers. If they're educated, they're going to have educated children. And, um, you know, we, we see unbelievable improvement by, you know, within the community and within some of those things that I, I, I mentioned to you. Um, like uh, diseases, um, yeah. keeping them, you know, if a, if a mother can just read, she has 50% chance her child will live beyond the age of five if she can just read. Wow. So, um, there's lots and lots of things that are really interesting. I was in Turkey and uh, I was in a, a class for 60-year-old women that were learning to read for the first time. <gasps> you know, they'd come from rural Turkey and they were coming wow. into and then we're going to reading classes and one woman came in late and she came in bursting with excitement she said <laughs> for the first time I could read the bus you know to go to the hospital to get the medicine for my children of where it was going because of my classes and she was in her 60s so it's just like that, that you know we take it for granted but it, mm. it must be so liberating and um, it must be just so exciting to think that they can help their family in that way just because they can read the directions on a bus you know <laughs> <laughs> no it, it is true actually i'm laughing because um funny enough my mom's mom so my grandma she couldn't read or write and um she used to catch the bus but she she used to look at the numbers like there was squiggles and so my mom was obviously the first to be educated as a woman in her family um and then obviously she educated me so but I can see how it, when one child is educated and how it goes down generational, it does make a difference. Yes, you influence the, the next generation. And that's what we're hoping for. I mean, some of our girls want to be, they have the dreams just like we do. They want to be engineers or pilots or teachers or nurses or doctors. Now, they all won't be that, but just getting through high school is a tremendous asset for them. Um, and I speak a lot with their moms and their moms either have had no education whatsoever. And I've held the mom's hand and they've cried and said, mm. that's what I wanted all my life is to be educated. And so they clean houses or they do menial work of selling vegetables or cleaning houses. But they said, they, they say to me, I want the thing I want the most are my girls will, mm. will get an education because I didn't get an education. And when you sit and you're, you, you know, you, you go through that, you just, you know, you're humbled by the simplicity of their wishes and desires. And when I come back here, you know, I just, it, it opens up my own world and I feel how grateful I am that we have, you know, running water and electricity yeah. and just simple things like that and enough food. Our, our girls, 
it's in it's in such our girls now in Nanyuki, they're in such um, difficulty because mm. they don't have running water, they don't have electricity, so they can't yeah. walk and clean themselves. Um, they can't get the education. They have to now repeat a year oh, no. because they have a different um, education cycle. So we did uh, an emergency COVID um, fund that I did during during COVID, and we did raise <clears throat> uh, over twenty six thousand, which is pretty phenomenal considering Amazing. dollars. That is considering um, what was going on, and I did it from my my home here. Um, and just through the generosity of people and understanding what the need was, it was so extreme. Mm. It can't distance because the the mothers have to go out. Usually they're all single mothers. They have to go out uh, each day to like sell vegetables or dig in a field or clean the house. So uh, what we're trying to do is get their uh, education uh, digitally to change it to digital education. Ah. So they can up. So it's very disappointing that they have to repeat the year now because mm-hmm. the Kenyan government said too bad, you know, you can't do it. We don't care about the, um, the, the COVID you, you must. Um, so we're not counting what you've already done. So, and there is an, another added part, our new girls, we give um, special education that we feel is needed like leadership education and sex mm-hmm. education. And without the sex education, they don't understand how yeah. all that works. So many of them are getting pregnant. And mm. so we're trying to see how we can how we can continue that digitally. That's powerful because a lot of people don't realize in the Western world what it's like in, in those countries because oh it's they don't even know the word no because yeah. The way they've been brought up, and I understand this being from an Indian culture, it's that people-pleasing mentality. Um, you listen to what the elders say, they're right, your, your, your husband is right and you're wrong. Kind of, It's that kind of mentality out there. And when a woman doesn't have education about sex or like, it sounds silly, but even like sanitary towels, a lot of them don't even know how to like protect themselves or keep themselves clean. It makes they a difference. Know, yes, they also don't know that they have rights. Yes. You know, there, is, there are yeah. world rights for children. Yeah. And that's part, one of the classes, specialty classes we, we give them, um, their leadership skills to say, you have the right, like you said, to say no. You have the right for an education. You have the right um, so that they can be empowered to stand mm-hmm. up um, to you know, men or other people that might want to convince them otherwise. And, um, you know, a lot of them are told by men, I don't know how graphic we can get, but if they- Go for it. That, go for it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just that if they, if a, lolly, a lollipop will stop them from getting pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that we're going, oh my God, we need, we wow. need sex education here. Yeah. So we, we did that, we, you know, very graphic, showing them how everything works, you know, um, and this is how a baby is made and things like that. So a lot of them don't have that information. So they don't, they don't understand. And a lot of uh, schools in Africa, if you are pregnant, you are not allowed to go to school. So they don't have childcare, huh. so they have to drop out. And then, and then it's probably a life of poverty, you know, so... Mm. Yeah. So that's what we work on. And it's very exciting and it's very rewarding. And usually I go once a year um, to meet with the girls and see their progress and 
and everything. And it's really, really emotional. I mean, we end up hugging and crying and laughing. <laughs> um, but I can't because of the COVID. I can't go this year. Oh, I usually yeah. August is their winter, so it's cooler to go. And it's when when we have them in um, our are called our um, center of worth, where we we have special education during their break, so that they don't get into any trouble and they keep the the education seamless. You know. Mm. I'm just going to say I thank you for doing what you do because it does take somebody like yourself and many other people to really go into these places and realize like we as women we have power we have the ability to lead we have the ability to trust ourselves and know that we are powerful and we are abundant it's just unfortunately in our society certain places have taught the opposite to women and this is where you guys come in and actually really shift that and remind them of their own inner power and inner worth Absolutely. I think we all have to know our inner power and what we're capable of and not, and, and not be, I, I love this expression, they calling people sheeple, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to, to really think for yourself. And there are, there are popular opinions swaying out and really to do your own research and really do have an inner connection to say, does this sound correct? Does this feel correct? Um, I'm a meditator from, from way back. So that's really important for me to keep, um, positive and, um, to be receptive to wisdom that comes in. I, I find that through regular, me uh, regular meditated med meditation practice, um, we, first of all, you have access to your own wisdom, but then solutions can come throughout the day to problems that look insurmountable. It'll just like pop in your head because you're clearing out your inner state, you know, so that higher things can come in. It's like, it's hard to live in a messy house and our mind is constructed to think, 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 and you can't stop it, but meditation helps you go beyond it, you know, so that you can go to a wiser place um, not that the mind isn't great because it can, can help you figure things out, but for really deep things and deep, deeper um, wisdoms, I guess, you know, and insights, it's better to go into, you know, an alpha state and um, where you have access to those higher, higher wisdoms. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I'm the same. I, I have to meditate every day. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't feel, I feel messy if I don't, and I don't, just yeah. hurt, you know. Um, it's like there's too much energy or like there's just too much going on. And then the moment you meditate, it's like, right, I'm grounded again. Let's come back. It's, it's right. And then things look surmountable. Whereas without meditation, you just get inundated with, with stuff that's out there. You know, yeah. this breaks down, this person fights with you, this person cuts you off in traffic. This, when you have a regular meditating practice, a lot of those things don't bother you as much. Um, you don't get overloaded and overwhelmed as much. I mean, you, it happens, you do, but uh, not as much, a lot less. I'm sure you agree, right? Oh my God, 100%, the old me. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, <laughs> was all over the place, drained, depleted, lost, confused. And then when I started doing the inner work and meditating and you know journaling and releasing, wow, like, like just yeah. like you said, also, the practice of being grateful, I think, is extremely powerful. 
because um, I just did a move and I found a great house and um, mm. I just left the house and I sat in my car for a minute and I said, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And it wells up this incredible emotion of gratitude for being, for existence, for your life, for being alive. You know, it's yeah. very linked to a lot of flow of happiness. And I don't think we're taught how to be happy. And I think the practice of gratitude, being grateful for what you have um, instead of what you don't have, is really one of the major secrets of life and, and happiness. Um, yeah. You know, even it's simple things like thank you for being able to breathe. Thank you for being able to get up and walk. Um, you know, thank you. I remember um, one, of, one of quite well-known friend of mine um, got ALS and, you know, it's, you get paralyzed and they were asking her, um, and there is no cure for it, so eventually it just moves up the body and you, 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 you die, you know, at, at this time, this wow. is what's happening. And, we, and she was asked, what do you miss, you know, most? And you were thinking of something so huge, and she said, holding a cup of coffee in the morning. Wow. Yeah, so there's just <laughs> things like that. So that's why with what we have, I know there's lots of lists of what we can think we don't have that we want because that's human, you know, just, I want this and I want a boyfriend and I want to be married. I want children. I want, you know, a job, a better job. And I want, but I think if we stop for a second and say, well, what do I have that I'm grateful? I'm grateful that I can breathe. I'm grateful that I can taste food. I'm grateful that mm. I have food. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a great, go ahead. So I'm just going to say, I, I relate because that's one thing I have to do every day. Like it's, I do it during the morning. Like I'll just say three things, things that I'm grateful for. And at nighttime, I, whoever I'm with or talking to, I'll always like say what I'm grateful for, three things. And they'll say the same thing and then maybe manifest three things. Because I think we, you know, life is like, there's so much going on during the day. And when we just say what we're grateful for, for that day, it really makes you realize that those little things mean nothing. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and we are programmed that when you acquire things, you want something else. Mm. So that's not going to stop. That is not going to be the seat of happiness. I mean, momentarily it is, but not, um, I mean, if you get a new car, you might be happy for a second, <laughs> maybe a little bit longer than a second or something, but eventually, you know, you'll want something else. So that's normal. So that's not where um, it lasts. You want um, lasting happiness is gratitude, is in that area of gratitude, leading a meaningful life, mm -hmm. um, being thoughtful and kind to people. I, I think that's really un underestimated kindness, um, gentleness of people, inclusion of people is, 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 is underestimated. I think yeah. people are, we're, we're it's we're inundated with messages all the time to be thin rich famous yeah. uh, popular you know blonde maybe <laughs> do you know what i mean uh, it's just so many things um to be fashionable and uh th those things don't last i mean it's nice mm -hmm. in the moment but uh, i'm in the country now i've been fortunate to be with my family and be in the country and I find so much gratitude by being around nature. It's mm. so permanent and real and truthful in the way it functions, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful. So it, what I decided, it, it was so powerful to me 
that I decided during this, this the silver lining for me is I decided to leave the city and got a place in the country. <sighs> That's my big change from this time to say, you know, this is what's real and it supports my values and I value um, this kind of li living, not the living in the city where everyone is fighting each other and, you know, yeah. it's all about appearances and status. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feed me as a human being, as a spiritual being. So as I just decided from one day to the other, I'm around my family and my children, my grandchildren, um, and I'm supported my daughter. My mm -hmm. daughter is a, a therapist, um, and I recommend everybody to look her up. It's Ryan Haddon Coach. She does incredible, incredible work. And um, so I've been helping out with the children here while she's been helping other people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like a, a, a kind of theta, it's called theta meditation, where she oh, can yeah. go deep into meditation and change the, the, the structural programming in your life for the better um, with you, you know? So it's very, very interesting mm. what she does. So I recommend anyone listening to, to look, her, look her up. It's Ryan Haddon Coach. Amazing. And say anybody wanted to help with the charity or send oh. any funds, where, where can they find you? Oh, please, please, please do connect with me. Even if you want to chat, <laughs> uh, I'm an Instagram person more than anything. So you can reach me at Dale Haddon. That's on Instagram, D-A-Y-L-E-H-A-D-D-O-N. Um, I post a lot of what we do on that. We also have on Instagram is women one. Um, and that's, uh, there's two ways of spelling it. Our website is womenone.org. That's W-O-M-E-N-O-N-E.org. So you can log on there and see what we do. Uh, and on Instagram, you can, um, it's women, W-O-M-E-N, number one, then O-N-E. So we, we, we couldn't get them. We couldn't get the property right. So, <laughs> so that's why there's two of them. But, um, and you can see it's a circle it's a circle with a one in it, a red one. Um, so both of those are good. I don't do Facebook much, but I, I do Twitter too. I'm daily thought on Twitter, but um, D-A-Y-L-E-Y thought, but I mostly do Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what your listeners do, but uh, you could reach me or just reach out to info at women one. And I will, I will follow up. I, I will follow up. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's more like Instagram these days. <laughs> yeah. so. are, you, are you Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun. It's very fun. And I put some personal things, but I just did uh, posted a lot of what we did with this, of what it's done for the girls, this um, emergency fund we did. So that's on there as more recent. But being out in the country, I post less. Um, I just seem, some of it seems irrelevant. Do you know, like, not that I did here, I am at a party and stuff like that, but I traveled so much. So sometimes I did traveling things, but um, yeah, just check it out and contact me and you can DM me and uh, I'll stay in touch with any of the listeners. Yeah. Love it. Sure. Um, say somebody wants to help make a change for women in education. What are your five top tips that they could do? Log on to Women One and connect with me. That's one. Nice. Um, WomenOne.org. Um, look in your own community and see what is needed, you know, in your own community. Sometimes it can be something very, very simple. Um, I would 
researched some facts that you you know that the the UN has put out about um, some of the positive impact by educating girls that occurs, uh, such as occurrences I said before, occurrences of violence goes down, occurrences of HIV/AIDS goes down. Um, you know, the community starts to expand and prosper when a girl is educated because she gives back to the community more than a boy, a boy a child does. Yeah. Uh, that's why Mohammed Yunus, bank, who wrote Banker to the Poor uh, and won the Nobel, Nobel, um, Nobel Prize, I think he, he won. Um, was it the Nobel he won? Uh, he says he, deal, he, he works with women because he found that poor women give more back to the community, whereas poor men, the first thing that they do when they earn is to spend it on themselves. That's mm -hmm. what he found. So I think get that, that research done and then look at organizations that, that you can um, connect with and see if you can volunteer. Uh, easiest to volunteer in your own community first and just even sometimes people need a meal first before they can be educated so sometimes that can be helpful you know yeah um, I approached any kind of volunteer um, opportunity that I could um, before I started with UNICEF my family was steeped in that to volunteer and, um, you know, just being helpful makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel that you've used your time. If you're, you know, sitting on a couch and watching TV, after a while, sometimes you can, you can just feel drained, you know, and not feel that good for yourself. But if you can get off your, your, your butt <laughs> and, um, and just, you know, get the effort, because initially it's challenging but say locally, what can I do in my community? Even if it's cleanup, we had my grandchildren clean up the road here, you know, and they just felt Aww. so good about that, you know? So, you know, they had an adult protecting them because they're young, they're six and, and eight, and they Aww. were cleaning up the road area on their road. So there's lots of ways to volunteer to make, to make things, your park or things like that better. Um, but let's just see if there's anything else in education I can think of. Um, I love IRC. I think IRC does really good work. I think Save the Children does good work. UNICEF does good work. Um, all of those organizations, um, I don't know how you connect with them, but I do have people asking me, how do I, how can I volunteer there? It's very difficult to go through there. You know, you have to have connections, you know, to do it. But if you start with a smaller organization like my own or similar to my own, or you know, possibly start your own. But I, I'd work with somebody first just to see the lay of the land. Yeah. If there's any other way that I can think of. Um, I think start locally is always good. Um, you can always reach out to me and um, just tell me what you're doing and I'll, I'll try and, you know, give you some guidance. You can do it that way if you want. Nice. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. And that, gosh, yeah, we are towards the end of the show. It's gone so fast. <laughs> uh, it's wow. wonderful to have this uh, platform and this opportunity to speak with you, Gertz, and also um, to speak, to, speak uh, to share with, because um, your listeners, uh, I appreciate everyone tuning in, and I appreciate 
you know, it's, it's people like yourselves that um, allow us to do what we do. And it's not for everyone to go off to Africa or things like that. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's because of the generosity of the people out there and listening that allows me to be able to get in a plane and go there and help these girls. And um, they know it and they do lots of, you know, gratitude things for people who are supporting them. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you as well for just doing what you do because like, I understand like it, it, it's, it's, everything is baby steps and the more we help each other, whether that's just sending money or helping somebody else in charity or whatever we can do, doing our part does make a massive difference and like give it 30 or 40 years time, that will then change those communities that got the support. And I understand that it's so important for all of us to do something. It doesn't have to be big, but it's something to help. Absolutely. Women. We have lots of very young children, you know, like doing, like my granddaughter did a cookie sale. Do you oh. know, things like that you can do and then raise money that way. That, you know, you, that might be your, your way, one's way, or you volunteer for something, you know, a bake, baking sale or um, I have, there's a whole series of people that, that, um, massively do it's almost like a Ponzi, a Ponzi <laughs> cupcake thing, but it's all to raise money for for doing good in the world. So just be creative about it, and um, you know, hopefully you'll think of us, Women One, um, in raising funds that you do because every every bit helps, and we it goes directly. We do the um, eighty twenty method that eighty percent goes to the girls um, directly and uh, 20% is just the structural for us to, to keep existing, you know? So that's how we did it. We, we were doing 90, 10, and it was really hard to make, to manage, but we do, you know, 80, 20. So we know the girls, we know their names, uh, we know their progress, we know what their problems are. Uh, and we have a leadership um, academy that those girls that have leadership qualities, we really focus on them. And our impact, I mean, those, those are 60 girls, and that's what the emergency fund was for, for those girls. But we impact over 5,000 in the area with what we do. So, wow. Yeah. Thank you. So, thank you. Hopefully so your listeners will think of Women One. <laughs> yes. I definitely recommend everyone to check out the website and give as much as you can, even if it's, it, even if it's a little, it does make a difference and you're going to shift so many young girls' lives and even women. So please do what you can. And again, thank you, Dale, for being on the show and thank you for being who you are and shining your light and helping so many other women and young girls in this world. Oh, you're, you're, you're so kind to say that. And you know, it's an honor to do it. And sometimes I ask myself, am, am I being helped more than they are? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh. so, I mean, to be, to have a life of service is, I think one of the highest callings. So I'm very grateful. Wow. <laughs> what a powerful, powerful interview with Dale. Thank you so much for just being a beautiful light in this world and sharing so much wisdom about how we can help young girls and women to really take their power back and be empowered through education. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. You educate a man, you educate a man. You educate a woman, you educate a generation. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at girdshandle.com.
And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.